0: the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're talking all about Paris Saint-Germain's 3-0 victory over AC Milan in the Champions League to take command of Group F. Here to help me do that, we have Jonathan Johnson from CBS Sports. You can also catch him on the debrief from Caught Offside. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show, and first thing I have to ask you is, are you enjoying the new Blink-182
1: album? Hey, thanks a lot for having me back on. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, uh, it, it's been a busy time, uh, recently, just coming off the international break. And then, yeah, having the, the new Blink album drop at the same time has been exciting. Did manage to catch them live in Paris a couple of weeks ago as well. So, you know, that was, uh, great. Always, uh, uh always fantastic to see sort of the, the classic lineup, uh, back together. And, um, yeah, I mean, some interesting new stuff on the, on the new album. I don't think I quite rate it up there with sort of the vintage. Enemy of the state, take off the pants mm. and jacket, self-titled. Uh, but um, no, it's uh, you know, it, it's definitely growing on me. I think uh, I think we'd say even if I do consider myself a dude ranch man.
0: Yeah, I like their earlier stuff. I do wonder if PSG are maybe playing that in the dressing room. If you get a chance uh, to talk to Kelly Mbappe, make sure you ask him that one. Uh, but let's get into it. We have a lot to talk about, and I want to get your thoughts on. You actually wrote a piece for us over on the PSG Talk sub-stack about what you thought should be PSG's five-step plan to defeat uh, AC Milan. You, you included no defensive risk, no experiments, be bolder at home, disciplinary control, getting Mbappe involved. I think Luis Enrique must have read that because PSG checked all of those boxes. What were you most impressed um, with in PSG's 3 nil win over Milan?
1: I mean, there's a lot to be impressed with. I mean, I think sort of on an individual level, it's impossible to, to come away from that game and not be impressed by Warren Zaire Emery, but I'm sure we'll get to him in a bit. Um, you know, but I think sort of one of the most impressive things was, despite what I would consider maybe not a great opening, like first half an hour, you know, PSG sort of stuck to the game plan, uh, you know, and eventually it paid off. You know, they got the goals, uh, you know, that they needed. Uh, and overcame a, a very difficult Milan side because I always felt like the most difficult part of this game against Milan was going to be finding a way to sort of breach the defence because we've seen so far in their Champions League games, OK, we know that they've got three games without scoring now, but we knew coming into it that they hadn't scored in the, either of those two matches. So the key was going to be to, to break that, uh, you know, defensive uh, solidity. And obviously it took a moment of magic, uh, Zayah combining with uh, Mbappé uh, you know, to, to beat Mignon, uh and then, uh, you know, sort of, I guess you could say an element of fortune in that uh you know, palmed out um, the, the ball to Randall Codemwani, uh for the second goal just after Dembele's goal had been ruled out. But it, it's hard to say that um, it will be harsh to say that PSG didn't deserve to win and to, to win by a couple of goals because, you know, the, the control uh, that PSG exerted over Milan, certainly in the second half, uh, you know, was certainly worthy of uh, that sort of victory. So, yeah, very um, very encouraging. And I think the the reaction to the defeat um, away at Newcastle has been very, very good, you know, to win away at Red, which is quite rare for PSG going into the international break was a big plus. Coming off the international break, uh, despite rotating the squad and getting the win against Tusburg again, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, positive. So then to pick up the win here against Milan, retake control of uh, Group F. Uh, You know, I think, you know, PSG are taking steps in the right direction at at the moment. And, uh, you know, as well, it's encouraging to see that Luis Enrique has clearly learned from sort of the the tactical lessons, uh, you know, that uh, were handed to him in that defeat to Newcastle. And it seems like, you know, uh, it's being used constructively. Uh, You know, fingers crossed PSG can continue to build with it because there are moments where you could really see sort of the potential that this PSG side have. Uh, you know, to, to, to really enjoy a good season, both domestically,
0: uh, and Europe. People forget that the Parte de France is a bit of a, a fortress. PSG played really, really well there. So as soon as I saw that Luis Enrique was going with three midfielders instead of two, I said, it's a wrap. PSG have got this one. I was, uh, very confident he learned from his mistakes. As you said, no experiments. You, you tried that at Newcastle. It didn't work. Let's go back to a more traditional 4 3. So pleased to see that it worked out well. You talked about Warren Zaire, Emery. I want to get to him because the kid is just special. I want you to talk about his performance on the night. He was man of the match. What did he do that stood out to you? Because he's 17 years old and he's still developing. And I also want to know, what kind of player can he develop into? Who is his comparison when you look at the landscape of football? Who can he eventually get to? Man, that's uh,
1: that's, that's a big question. And I think <laughs> the real answer to that is at this stage, you know, he could be whatever he wants to be. Uh, you know, I know it's a, a really bold claim at the moment, but I put it in my piece uh, for CBS after the game. You know, the, the the comparisons with sort of the rise of Jude Bellingham are there for a reason. Uh, you know, okay, he might not have the you know sort of the stats and the experience that Bellingham has at this moment in time, but equally, you know, there's three there's three year gap between the two of them. Uh, you know, so that gives Zaire Emery you know time to to sort of catch up. You know, with all due respect to Dortmund, Zaire Emery is already. Uh, you know, uh, consistently starting for a club that you could argue is you know is bigger than uh, than Dortmund, despite you know Dortmund having a phenomenal fan base uh, and you know a lot of European pedigree as well. So I think uh, you know um, Zaire Emery very very impressive on the night. Um, wasn't sure what to expect from him, knowing that uh, you know he missed this Plasburg match because he picked up a knock. Um, you know, so we weren't sure sort of exactly how fit he was. We got that answer as soon as he charged through the midfield. Uh, and teed up Mbappe for that opening goal. You know he had players sort of nibbling at his uh, at his ankles. You know even more experienced players. You know might have gone down in that situation, got the free kick, and sort of worked up the pitch from there. But no, he didn't. You know he charged forward, continued, uh, and it was that sort of insistence that uh, you know. Uh, Strong-mindedness that, that really enabled PSG to get the opening goal, which at the end of the day was the the crucial goal because it opened the game up. And PSG were able to attack early in the second half uh, and get the kill, the true killer goal, which was the uh, which was the second one. But phenomenal from Zaya Emery, not really that surprising for any of us as well because we've seen him grow and grow sort of over the, over this last year. You know, we knew at the beginning of last season that you know there was a potential. Um, you know, rough diamonds in in our midst. Uh, You know, it's taken about a year for him to sort of be worked into a position where he can regularly start games. But, you know, since Luis Enrique has come in, really handed in the keys to the midfield, uh, you know, very few people are talking about PSG missing Marco Verratti at this moment in time. That's not just solely down to Zaire Emery, I might add. It's also down to the fact that you've got Lugate, who's brought in a completely different style of play uh, and a lot more balance to the midfield. And also Vitinho, who... I feel has gone really underrated so far this season. Okay, scored that stunning goal uh, away at Rennes a couple of weeks ago. I had a very, very convincing performance uh, against Milan. In fact, I'd argue maybe the most complete performance uh, in a PSG shirt so far. Worked very, very hard Thierry Henry, I know am biased in, in mentioning CBS's coverage after the game, but he, he went into into depth on sort of how movements movement, uh, you know, really enabled, uh, you know, Kylian Mbappe to, to give the best of himself going forward uh, and sort of for that to not unbalance, uh, you know, the team, especially uh, defensively, notably on that left-hand side where, you know, I've talked about it for a couple of weeks, you know, uh, Luis Enrique really has to look after Lucas Hernandez uh, now because with no Nuno Mendes probably you know, until at least kind of February time now, it's, it's a little bit of a position of concern obviously uh, Enondez has been fantastic and very consistent so far and won the battle with his brother on the pitch uh, last night obviously Teo and uh, Luca uh, going up against each other. but uh, you know it is um, you know something that Lu- uh, Luis Enrique is going to have to watch. And uh, you know, it just feels like the midfield when you go with that that three-player combination, which was Luis Enrique's choice from the start of the season. There's just so much more balance to the to the PSG side now. I know there's been sort of the the conspiracy theories that, that Luis Enrique was trying to prove a point to Mbappe in the Castle game, but uh, it seems like, uh, you know, if that was the case, then he's certainly found an alternative solution with uh, Vitinha in the position that uh, that he played in. So very, very encouraging. Um, you know, a couple of things I guess you could sort of nitpick. It's still frustrating to see. Usman Dembele hasn't scored yet for, for for PSG. OK, he's picked up a couple of assists, but it still feels like it's not quite working out, despite the number of chances he seems to get every single game. Uh you know, there were a couple of moments, uh, you know, sort of flashpoints where, you know, Hakimi did get caught out. Uh, there was that one where I think he picked up booking and, you know, Leao had been able to strip him for pace. That is something that's going to have to be watched, uh, you know, against other opponents because Hakimi, we all know how devastating he can be when he's going forward, but he still can be got at, certainly in the defensive aspect of his game. But I think most encouragingly, um uh, You know, sort of the central defensive unit seems to be a lot firmer since that hiding away at Newcastle. Uh, You know, that really bodes well, uh, you know, moving forward because, you know, okay, it's not been entirely convincing for the the full season so far, but, uh, you know, if PSG can gradually tighten the defence sort of over the coming weeks and months sort of leading towards, uh, you know, what what we hope will be the knockout stage of the Champions League, uh, you know, I think that's a big step. PSG uh, yeah, uh, that they need to take in order to to kick on
0: the season. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, analysis from Thierry Henry. I thought it was so good. A lot of people will say, "Oh, a player's not scoring, he's not assisting. He, you know, he's in trouble. Um, he's not performing well." But Vitinha, he showed how his movement over there on on the uh, was the left side was pulling out the right back from Milan and open up some space for um, Zaire Emery and Mbappe to run into. So uh, Betinha was just great on the night. Um, But let's give Milan a little bit of credit here because they did have moments where they put PSG on the back foot and certainly threatened. Um, PSG withstood those attacks and and were able to successfully counter. And that's what I want to ask you. Do you think that that style, the the counter-attacking style, is what PSG should be playing? Is that that what they're best suited for? Or is it the more possession-based game that Luis Enrique is perhaps known for?
1: I don't think PSG are that much of a counter-attacking team, uh, or don't need to be that much of a counter-attacking team when they have so many options available to them now. Uh, You know, we know that Luis Enrique is a a possession-based coach, and we see that, uh, you know, especially when he put out his first choice, uh, 11. I think having the ability to be a counter-attacking team is useful uh, at times, but sort of being exclusively a counter-attacking team, as threatened to sort of be the case under Maurizio Pochettino, that's not really. It wasn't PSG then. It's not certainly not this group of PSG players now. You know this this group is is built to to dominate games, and I think the more that you know players like Zaire Emery, uh, you know mature and uh, sort of that midfield unit grows in, in terms of its sort of collective experience and, and minutes together. You know that dominance will will continue to to grow and. Okay, it's easier to dominate games in Ligue 1, especially when you're not up against sort of one of the the top sides. But you know, it takes time, practice, and and you know, successful um, you know uh, deployments of of those formations and the occasional setback as well. Uh, you know, in order for the chemistry to really grow and, and properly stick, and I think. You know, it would be a worry if Luis Enrique, Enrique was constantly switching, uh, you know, tactics every game at this stage of the season. He's not really. Yes, he's experimented and, you know, experimented at, at baffling times, um, you know, notably the the Newcastle game. But he does sort of come back to one, tried, tested and true. Um you know formation and system that he likes and seems to work. There's just certain things that need fine tuning. And to be honest, I think that the position that's mainly uh, of concern at the moment, sort of in in terms of Luis Enrique's strongest and preferred starting eleven, based on the the players from the squad that are available at the moment, is actually the attack and sort of the chemistry between the front three. Because it feels like we see moments of brilliance from Mbappe, which we know are going to happen. Uh, you know, regardless, uh, Kolo Moani has shown. Uh, you know, in moments as well, uh, you know, exactly what he's worth. But, you know, you're struggling to kind of come up with as many positive examples for somebody like a Dembene, uh, you know, somebody like a Ramos, although, you know, it kind of feels like Ramos is getting a bit of a raw deal at the moment because he has shown that he can score goals, won uh, know important penalty over the weekend as well, but doesn't really seem to get the minutes that sort of his prolific record, you know, perhaps deserves. Uh, you know, and somebody like Barcola, who seems to offer a more direct threat than Dembele, doesn't really get the minutes that maybe he should at the moment. But that's perhaps something that, you know, Luis Enrique can look to, to sort of manage now when, when PSG are playing some of these games that are not exactly straightforward on paper and the young, but they're games that PSG with their squad should be winning like rest at the weekend. So I'm, I'm curious to see if Luis Enrique tries to sort of iron anything out now Uh, ahead of the the second game against Milan because, you know, if PSG can go there and get at least a point, then, you know, it's looking good in terms of, uh, you know, not just getting out of the group but, you know, potentially finishing top as well.
0: Yeah, I've got it. If if PSG can get one more win... Um, I like their chances against Milan. You got Newcastle at home. I think that could be a win. One more win and maybe a draw and that should be 10 points. You should be able to get through uh, to the next stage with that many points. Um, I want to ask you because you obviously pay attention to a lot of the, the top clubs in Europe. Compare PSG's bench. You mentioned Barcola. I would certainly put him in this group on um, PSG's bench as a, a real talent. But compare PSG's bench to the upper echelon around Europe. Are they able, is PSG able to compete with a Bayern Munich, a Manchester City, for example, when it comes to the type of quality that they can bring off the bench in a match?
1: I mean, Bayern Munich is an interesting one because I think that Thomas Tuchel would argue that he doesn't quite have the the same depth that some some of Bayern's other European rivals have. I mean, obviously City is sort of the benchmark in terms of strength in depth and also sort of starting eleven at this moment in time. But I think what PSG have is sort of positionally they have enough cover and enough sort of variety of profiles now to have a very good team. It's just a question of sort of those players sort of being in a position and in a formation where they're able to give the best of themselves and play to the best of their abilities. And I actually think the best or the, the most convincing proof that PSG are finally starting to click in terms of their depth uh, and and sort of what Luis Enrique might be able to call on moving forward in some important games was actually the performances of the likes of Fabian Ruiz and, and Carlos Soler against Hasbro. Because if you can suddenly get two midfielders who have very useful skill sets like those guys, uh, you know, performing, contributing, scoring goals, getting assists, then suddenly that changes a lot, uh, you know, for PSG. You've already got sort of the versatile guys that you can rely on to play, uh, you know, a couple of different positions, like a Danny Lowe who can either slot in defensive midfield or play in central defence. But to really have somebody, you know, potentially with that sort of creative touch like Soler, who, let's face it, you know, really had a bit of a write-off, First season uh, in Paris, and Fabian marie somebody who you know PSG fans have always known, has the skill set that you know hasn't always been put in a position to necessarily succeed. You know, suddenly, uh, you know, with guys like that able to perform when they're given a chance, uh, you know, it does make you feel a lot better about PSG's strength and depth. So I think it's still a long way to go before you can sort of compare PSG's uh, you know strength and quality and depth to, to the likes of City. But you know, that's kind of the the thing to aspire to, and also. Something that really undid PSG for or undermined PSG, uh, you know, in recent years was having so many sort of quality players that would expect to be in the starting 11 who couldn't start because you can only start 11 players, and you know, you had so many disgruntled players, it sort of fed into the kind of toxic atmosphere that had been allowed to build up, uh, you know, and eventually had to, you know, had to be, um, You know, gotten rid of this summer by Luis Campos, and and, you know a massive overhaul of the squad. So I think you know where PSG are at right now in terms of sort of balance, in terms of developing chemistry, is very good. Obviously, it's helped that certain players have been unavailable, so that's given other players a chance to sort of show what they can do. Uh, Not ideal, obviously, having you know, so many sort of injury concerns still, notably the likes of Pembe now, uh, Nuno Mendes probably out for a couple more months. Um, but, you know, having Lee Kangin suddenly come back and be able to play now that he's sort of won his way out of military duty with South Korea as well as a big plus moving forward. Uh, you know, and I think as well, once Asensio gets back, it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the dynamic up top as well, because obviously he started the season in very hot form, uh, you know, and if he can sort of pick up where he left off, then, you know, suddenly things look very interesting for, for PSG, you know, beyond the starting eleven. I can't believe
0: we had a conversation about PSG's depth and you didn't mention Levin, uh Krizawa, who's wearing some weird high number, like 99 or something, when he got on the pitch recently. Uh, so apparently he wasn't the problem in the dressing room. He's he's stuck around and contributing a little bit. Um, but uh, Levan Krizawa aside, PSG sit atop of Group F after three matches, um, certainly, uh, surely would be a big boost of confidence to this uh, young team, this kind of rebuilding squad, if they can top this group, uh, with the teams that are in there, dubbed the uh, group of death. So keep an eye on that. Like I said, 10 points hopefully should be enough to get through. We'll have to see. I got one more for you, and I want to switch gears slightly because Shabby Simmons, uh, he's on loan from PSG at RB Leipzig. He scored what might be the, the goal of the tournament, just a, an amazing goal. Do you think that Mbappe might be thinking twice about re- leaving for Real Madrid, knowing that Simmons is coming back next season? He's got Zaire Emery. He's only going to continue to get better. Not to mention he's got his uh, French national team uh, teammates, Dembele, Kolomawani there. you know, Combined with his salary, do you think PSG have finally done all that they can do to possibly convince him to stay?
1: I mean, obviously, handing a five-year contract extension to Levin Kazawa would probably sweeten the deal for Mbappé and Andr. I mean, on on the topic of Kazawa, very interesting to see him sort of brought back onto the the field of play potentially as somebody who could, uh, you know, allow Fernandes to to rest up a little bit. But equally, uh, you know, kind of short-sighted of PSG as well because he's not registered to play in the Champions League. So if Fernandes was to get injured or suspended. Uh, you know, because comeback always come back, doesn't particularly help PSG uh, on the pitch in Europe. So fingers crossed it doesn't come to that. Uh, but sort of on the topic of Simo's uh, Mbappé, Juan Zaria Emery, it's an exciting time at PSG. And I think Mbappé will sense that. Uh, you know, my feeling and the feeling you get around Paris at this moment in time is that Whatever Mbappe's decision might be in the future, whether that's staying with PSG, whether that's going to Real Madrid, whether that's going somewhere else, if another club you know was to to come in and potentially show an interest in uh, in taking him on a free transfer, a lot of it is going to depend on what happens uh, with PSG's Champions League run uh, and how they fare this season. So if they can you know get to their their, their most consistent uh, you know for the knockout phase, assuming that everything else goes. Reasonably, according to plan, in uh, in this group stage, then you know I think PSG can feel that they have a good good shot at uh, you know convincing Mbappé to stay because you know when you look at what Simons is doing at the moment, it's difficult to imagine him spending another season out on loan. Uh, you know I I can't see why PSG would countenance uh, you know loaning him out. How he wouldn't sort of you know come back to to PSG and potentially walk into the starting level. Okay, it would take a bit of rejigging for for Luis Enrique. But, you know, you can't overlook a talent like that. And I think he fits, he would fit very well with the dynamic that PSG have at this moment in time. And also, you know, you look at the way that that attacking unit is not quite firing on all cylinders still. You know, Xavi Simons would be, you know, a good addition and potentially take out some of that problematic element as well. So, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, Mbappé is a, a mature, smart, pragmatic kid. Uh, you know, he won't rush into any decisions. He'll know that, you know, for the first time, PSG's future seems, you know, a lot brighter than many people have made out. But equally, can PSG afford to, you know, have another season where they go out in the round of 16 and don't really compete in the Champions League? No. So, you know, PSG do have to be more serious, uh, you know, about it in the Champions League. You know, there's there's sort of no no way to 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 know who PSG will get. Uh, you know, potentially outside of the group stage. So a lot of it is just going to be the luck of the draw and the potential route to the final. But uh, you know, it does kind of feel like PSG are overdue. Uh, you know, perhaps um, kind of like a winnable round of sixteen game, for want of a, a better expression. And um, you know, I think if PSG were to get sort of Quarterfinals, semifinals territory with this squad in its first year under Luis Enrique, then that certainly gives Kylian Mbappé some food for thought, especially when you know that there are players who can just be brought back or their when their loans finish, you know, return and and would strengthen the squad like uh, like Simons. So seeing how he's developing uh, with Leipzig in the Bundesliga at the moment, very very interesting indeed. And who knows? Maybe that uh, maybe that draw that we were just talking about might end up being PSG versus Leipzig in the round of sixteen.
0: Now that'd be far too easy. We'll get someone much more difficult. Of course, that's the way it goes. Um, do you make anything of of the rumors? Just real quick, of um, you know Leipzig wanting to keep Simmons and or maybe City. Or I mean, do you think there's any price that PSG would let him leave for? Do you think that Simmons would prefer to go elsewhere? Maybe force a transfer. Like, what would you put that percentage of him coming back next season at?
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. You know, if there, you know, there was a way for Leipzig to guarantee that they could keep Simons beyond this season, they, they, they'd they already have done it. But the fact is that PSG have only loaned him out. There's no agreement, uh, you know, for him, for there to be an option to buy. Uh, so, you know, the cards uh, are in, you know, or the ball is in PSG's court. You know, they hold all the cards. It's... Um, It's a good position for PSG to be in in terms of his developments. And Also, I think, you know, if if Simons didn't want to come back to to Paris, didn't envisage potentially being able to pay for PSG in the future, he he wouldn't have decided to, you know, to to come back. He would have taken one of the other offers that, to be honest, probably would have worked out better for PSV in in, in a financial sense. So, you know, the fact that he did opt to take that option to come back then you know, demand that he be loaned out if there's no guarantee that he'd immediately be in the starting eleven. you know, it was kind of smart on uh, on his part. But, you know, he's bet on himself and he's succeeding with that bet at this moment in time. And now, uh, you know, there is a chance that, uh, you know, PSG will, you know, look to bring him back next season. I'd say the chances of PSG bringing him back next season if he continues at this current pace, it's, it's certainly at least 75%, if, uh, if not higher... And yeah, I mean, okay, if, you know, PSG were to come into some financial fair play issues and need to cash in on someone, I'm sure the possibility of perhaps, you know, being able to get sort of 30, 40, maybe a bit more, uh, you know, million euros for a player who's not played, uh, you know, regularly for, for PSG at any point in his career you know, might appeal in a, in a moment of desperation, but equally at the same time, there are other players in the, the PSG squad that they could cash in on and bring Seymour's back and it would still be an upgrade. So, uh, you know, I really think that if he continues uh, to develop the way he is in Leipzig, uh, as every mean, will be a PSG player next season, you know, regardless of sort of what happens with, with Mbappé. The
0: future is bright in Paris. You mentioned uh Simmons and Zaire Emery. It used to be a lot of the young players would want to leave. They weren't getting playing time, but it's certainly things are starting to turn and players want to be here. Simmons chose to be here. Garte chose to be here. Kagan Lee chose to be here. So a lot of people in in media, not you, of course, but others will kind of roast PSG here and there as, as kind of a club only going after superstars, but they're finally getting it right. They're bringing in the right talent at the right age. Um, so yeah, future is very bright. All right, Jonathan, uh, thanks so much for your time. Um, I know these weeks, champions league weeks are super busy for you. So we're grateful that you were able to stop by and, uh, and thank you everyone out there listening. Always appreciate your support. Uh, don't forget to subscribe if you can really appreciate that and leave the show a review if you can. Um, great. All right. Until next time. Bye for now.